Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. Coming up in today's Clark Rageous Moment, Verizon has done a bad thing. I'm going to tell you what you need to be aware of if you are considering switching to Verizon or you are an existing Verizon customer. And later yet this hour, there are some things Amazon is doing to try to encourage you to do more gift buying this holiday season with Amazon. And think about what I just said. I am part of the problem. This is the third time in a week I have talked about this being the Christmas shopping season or Christmas holiday season, and it's barely, barely fall. Or, yeah, I guess barely, or in the next day or two or something. I should know that. (laughs) You know what's funny? When you have kids... Fall to you is whatever day kids go back to school. Even if some of the school systems that go back now in late July, for those parents, that's the beginning of fall. But anyway, Christmas is underway whether you like it or not. And I'm going to keep you up to date on the trends that could be your friend or your foe with Christmas shopping and more about that later. So there's a lot going on with health care right now. In the U.S. Senate, there's a lot of discussion about a bill that two senators have introduced, uh, Graham and Cassidy from South Carolina and Louisiana, that would change the delivery of health coverage to individuals and small businesses in the United States and also to low-income people. And it's all about this debate that's been going on for eight years, going back to 2009, about how do we, in the United States, provide health care to single individuals, you know, people not part of a, a big company plan, and how do we provide to people that are ill or lower income, uh, that are ill and lower income, I guess is how I should say it. And we'll see what happens ultimately with a vote in the Senate. We'll then have to go to uh, the House. Then ultimately, if things move along in both, then there's a House-Senate conference committee and on and on like that. The core of what they are attempting to do is fund health care principally for individuals and for the poor with federal dollars, but then turn over control of those federal dollars to each of the 50 states, and each state would design an experiment with how they would provide coverage to individuals and the poor within their state borders. And there's uh, potential merit in that because the cost curve is not sustainable for how we currently are providing care to individuals through the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, whatever you want to call it. But that's a sideshow. 
the big expense with health care in the United States is uh, government-provided health care through Medicare and the traditional Medicaid program, and then through coverage provided by large employers. Now, in terms of large employers, there's new data that has just come out that shows that the average employee now costs an employer $19,000 a year for health coverage. (laughs) Wow. Now, the good news, and there is some according to data from the Kaiser Family Foundation, is that the increase over the last six years in the cost of employers providing health care has significantly moderated to half of the annual increase prior to six years ago. So today, the cost of employer-provided health care is going up roughly 3% a year, where it was going up 6% a year. Now compare that, though, to inflation that's roughly 1.5% a year. So health care is still going up at twice a sustainable rate for employer-provided plans. And so we've got a lot we've got to do in the United States. And I wish that, and nobody has the exact right answer to this stuff, but I wish that we did not have employer-provided health care in the United States at all. Because you look at where the engine of growth is in the United States, it's in new, small startup businesses. But among them, only roughly half can even provide rudimentary health care coverage to their employees because the back-breaking cost is so high that they can't afford to get their business going and growing and provide for health care. And that means a lot of people who are real creative types who could really create economic growth in the country are locked in at a big bureaucratic employer that provides health care instead of being at a small business where the action is. So a lot we've got to to consider about how we do health care. A lot of what's going on in D.C. right now is political theater, and it would be great if we were looking wider and deeper about how we bend the price curve on health care in the United States because we are spending roughly double a share of our national income on health care versus any other developed country in the world. So we spend absolutely far more dollars than any other country per person and a far greater share of our national income and our life expectancies in the United States are significantly lower even than a number of third world countries. So we're not getting bang for the buck, we're just spending a lot of bucks, nearly 20% of national income going to health care. And as it becomes clear for 2018, over the months ahead, how small businesses and individuals will buy health care, I'll make sure just as we've done, as we did years ago, when the Obamacare exchanges started, I'll make sure you know the rules of the road as best I can describe them to you for buying individual or group coverage as we roll closer to 2018 and how it will work becomes more clear. Noel joins us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Clark. How are you? 
Great, great. So you are refining your mortgage, you brilliant man. That is correct. We're going from a 30-year to a 15-year, and with the Experian uh, debacle going on, I wanted to know when the earliest I can freeze my credit is. All right, so a little bit of details first. What kind of interest rate do you have on your 30, and what interest rate does it look like you'll have on your 15? So right now we've got a 3.5% on our 30, and we're looking at 2.75% on our 15. 2.75%? Yes, sir. That's outstanding. Thank you. Because I've been talking a lot about people getting like 275 to 3.125%. Yours is the lowest I've heard from anybody. So we have a 2.875. We're buying it down to 2.75 uh, for just a, about $300. Wow. All right. So you're basically going to be, uh, as inflation ultimately rises in the economy, it means the equivalent that the bank will be paying you to, to have that mortgage. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Good for you. So... As far as credit freeze with the Equifax thing, because I think you said Experian. It was Equifax. I'm sorry. I I did say Experian, and obviously, yeah, it's Equifax. Yeah. So uh, anyway, as far as the credit freeze stuff, you're going to close how many weeks away? Um, We are still – we're turning in the final documentation for our uh, paperwork today. So we haven't locked the the, um, loan yet. We hope to do that today. And then – closing hopefully within the next uh three to four weeks fine so after you've done you're done with the closing that's when you should put the credit freezes in with the three bureaus okay great. because this breach is a lifelong thing i i think i've failed to really adequately state that this is not just oh there's going to be uh vulnerabilities for the next month or two or next six months or whatever the information is so wide and so deep that Equifax lost control of that you stand a risk of identity theft for as long as you live. Right. So if you've got to wait a month before you put the freezes in place, that's fine. Because one of the advantages of that, people are having so many problems right now because of the sheer number of people trying to do the freezes sure. that if you have to wait a few weeks, it'll probably mean that it'll be a whole lot easier for you. Okay, great. All right. Well, best to you, and congratulations on 2.75%. Wow. Producer Joel's really jealous. You don't have any 2.75s, do you, Joel? Not that low, sadly. So you have four mortgages with all these rental properties you have. What are all your rates? Uh, Three and a half, 3.75, 3.75, and then uh, four and a half. Four and a half. That sounds so high these days. Rick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rick. Oh, hi, Clark. Uh, how are you today? I'm having a great day. I hope you are, too. Yes, I am, and thank you for everything that you do for us. Much appreciated. Thank you, and you're looking so good today, which is so important with the question you're about to ask. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, I would like to know whether it's better for me to use an online will maker or just go and see an attorney. That depends on the complexity of your family situation, your finances, and whether you got a lot of money or not. What is a lot of money? Well, um, let's take it in reverse order first, because usually 
I get to the answer that you should go see a lawyer after the first thing. Do you have a blended family? No. Okay. Do you have any drama in your family among your children? Uh, I'm divorced and we're estranged. Okay. That, then we don't even get to steps two and three. In that case, you should go see a lawyer. Okay. to do the will. And the reason I don't get to you doing your own will in a circumstance like that is whenever you have any uh, what I call family drama, you stand too much chance that doing your own will that uh, family members that disagree while you're alive will really learn how to disagree when you pass away <laughs> and they'll okay. look to exploit a vulnerability in a will that you have prepared yourself. Okay. So well, in, that answers, in that your answers case, my question. your case, the only way you would want to do your own will is if you have basically no meaningful assets at all. Well, that's not the case. So definitely a lawyer for you. And, okay. and the one thing I always say, if you have a family member you've fallen out with, and you own a timeshare, make sure in your will you give that timeshare to the person you've fallen out with. <laughs> yes, yes, that's an excellent idea. <laughs> but a lawyer is in your future, and I w since you do have, I uh, gather, some decent assets, you want a lawyer who specializes in wills, estates, and trusts, and doesn't occasionally do a will because they're doing it as a favor for a client or a friend. So here we go again with Verizon, the by far the most expensive cell phone operator to use in the country. And Verizon, you know, last month I was picking on them for Verizon Up, which is where they offer you the equivalent of frequent flyer program for your Verizon service, where you get free prizes and free concert tickets and all that. But what they didn't disclose is that you were agreeing to a massive spy thing where Verizon would spy on everything you do. And even if you later say, oops, I don't want them spying on me, they retain the right to continue to hold information about you for three more years. Shame on you, Verizon. Now they're in my sights again because they're not being good to you. Wait till you hear why. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. Verizon that reluctantly went back to unlimited data on its cell phone plans because they were losing so many customers and so much market share to the market leader, T-Mobile. Now that they offer unlimited again, now they're kicking people out of the system that are using what they consider to be too much unlimited data. I can't make this stuff up. And they're, they're kicking people out in 13 different states, unlucky 13. And if you want to know the states that they're picking on people, Alaska, Idaho, Iowa, Indiana, Kentucky, Maine, Michigan, Missouri, Montana, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Utah, and Wisconsin. And there's an esoteric story behind the scenes I'm not even going to get into why Verizon is picking on people in those 13 unlucky states, but know the danger that unlimited with Verizon does not mean unlimited. 
And you should take this as a fair warning. There are far, far, far cheaper choices for your cell phone service than Verizon. Look at my uh, cell phone plan buying guide at Clark.com. And if somebody really doesn't want you, it means you shouldn't want them. Joel, I want you. I want to hear and ask Clark right now where someone's posted a question for me at Clark.com. Sounds good. Clark Amanda wrote in said, My 13-year-old son has been able to save his birthday and Christmas money and now has upwards of $13,000 in the bank. While he might use this for college, it's not set in stone. Should we invest this money for him or let it sit in the bank? Invest, 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 and go look at my investment guide. At that age, he should have a custodial account with one of my low-cost companies and start making some real money. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Amazon was blamed repeatedly in news stories for the demise of Toys R Us, which actually Amazon had nothing to do with the failure of Toys R Us. It was completely a self-inflicted thing, demise. Well, bankruptcy. They're going to operate, hopefully for them, uh, through the bankruptcy court process. But they had piled on $5 billion in debt, and that's why. But there are a lot of people that say, well, it's because they did that cooperative deal with Amazon, and that was what killed them. No. No, they managed to hurt themselves. And it all came full circle because, I don't know if you've heard Kohl's, the mainly women's clothing department store, whatever you call Kohl's, but they have, they have some men's and kids stuff, but it's really uh, for women. Anyway, Kohl's is doing a joint venture with Amazon that they're starting in two of the biggest Amazon markets as a test, Los Angeles and Chicago. And I think actually for Kohl's, Chicago is bigger than L.A. And for Amazon, L.A. is bigger than Chicago. But anyway, they're building out a store within the store, inside the Kohl's stores. And... They're about the size of a small house in terms of square footage, and it is for returns to Amazon. So if you buy something from Amazon, you take it back to the Kohl's, and they handle everything from there. They just do some kind of barcode check-in of of your return, and you leave. And they pack it up, and they ship it back to whichever distribution center Amazon wants it to go back to. The idea is that one of the hardest things for any online retailer is dealing with returns. It's also a point of dissatisfaction for customers. Uh, Krista of our crew was talking about how she has, they order too much from Amazon. She's got four things that she hadn't gotten around to returning to Amazon because it's too much of a pain to return it. And when I was talking about the Kohl's thing, she lit up how great this is because she'd just be able to go and let them handle it. And so what's in it for Kohl's? Kohl's, one of the things they need is more foot traffic. Their foot traffic count is a problem for them. 
And so if they can get more people in their doors, for them, they expect it to be a win because people, once they go to return the stuff at the Amazon desk or section or whatever, that they'll then turn around and say, oh, look at that. I like that sweater. Oh, those are nice gloves, whatever. And that people will buy things as they are present in the store. And we'll see if it works. This completely caught me blindsided because I thought that Amazon would put a return center and a delivery center within the square footage of every Whole Foods in the country. And so far, as best I know, there's no move afoot to do that, which seems completely logical to me as a way to try to build traffic at Whole Foods that still doesn't have enough traffic in their stores. And at the same time, to give people an easier way to receive Amazon packages and to return the ones they don't want. Richard's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Richard. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's going on, Richard? I wanted to share my experience with T-Mobile and the free Netflix plan with your listeners. Okay. So I um, have a family plan with them, the T-Mobile One plan, um, and I called to try and inquire about getting the free Netflix from them. Um, and they explained to me that um, my the plan that I have is uh, family one with taxes excluded. Um, and in order to qualify for their free Netflix, I needed a plan that was taxes included. Um, so they said I needed a different plan. Okay, that sounds like the biggest bunch of bureaucratic double-talk nonsense ever. So how many people are on your plan that they gave you that kind of answer? Uh, So there's four of us, my wife and I, and then two of my children. And what are you paying per month? Well, so our uh, base plan is for $140, um, but with everything else included, it comes to close to $200. Everything else included. How do you run all the way up to two hundred? Uh, well, my son uh, has uh, expensive tastes, and we got a iPhone seven. For oh, him. oh, the phone rental. Okay, so leaving yeah, the phone correct. rental out. Yeah, yeah, you're on a plan that you pay one forty a month plus junk fees. Well, so taxes included, it, it comes to about one hundred and sixty a month for the plan. All right, and what they offer to you is an option of going to the plan where you pay them one sixty and pay no taxes or fees at all, right? No, so the the new plan with taxes um included was 180 um and uh they wanted to switch me to that in order to give me the free Netflix, which would be just such a terrible decision. So, how did the plan get to 180? Cuz uh, the plan that that is was there, yeah. I think maybe that you had somebody who didn't know what he or she was talking about, I'm looking right now as we're speaking, and it's glaring in front of me that it says um, four lines, just $40 each, Netflix included, 160 a month, taxes and fees included. Okay. All right. So perhaps the customer service person was not um, accurate in what they shared with me. Okay. So you said that with such politeness. I am so <laughs> impressed because because I'd say they just didn't know 
what they were talking okay. about. I love how, how politely you said it. So uh, you know, one thing I would do, do you have a T-Mobile store anywhere near you? Sure, yes, very close. If you walk in and go to your computer, I mean, right on your phone, you've got unlimited data. Just yeah. pull up T, uh, the T-Mobile website on your phone and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. $40 a line per month. Then they have this little bubble that says Netflix included with an asterisk. 160 a month taxes and fees included. Boom. Yeah. So they just were mistaken. So do you think, I mean, would it be worth my while to, to make the switch to get the free Netflix? Or yeah, because you'd be paying exactly the same price. Now, the only reason Correct. you wouldn't do it is if there's some feature you have on your plan that you would not have on the 160 a month all-in. Okay. So you need to look at exactly what your plan gets you in terms, like what kind of hotspot do you get with your plan? Uh, it's a free hotspot. It's not a very strong one, though. Okay, because um, I have a hotspot that, that seems pretty good on mine. So I would, I would go in and talk to them, and maybe there's newer things than when you got that plan that would actually be a better deal for you. Okay. And I will tell you that their employees are fighting from behind on the Netflix offer because I have T-Mobile and I have Netflix, and it took me two days and three phone calls to try to get the Netflix, and finally I just did it on my computer, and then everything was working fine. Okay. And you're not on a prepaid plan, are you, or anything like that? Uh, no, not at all. No, it's month to month. Yeah, so you should be 100% fine on this. Okay, well, great. I thanks, thanks for the help and the information. Sure. As far as who doesn't count on this plan, the most important of things I talked about recently, the 55-plus plan, which is the no-fooling best cell phone plan for a couple that could possibly be but one of you has to be 55 or over, and then you pay a total of $60 a month total for both of you, including all junk fees, for unlimited talk, text, data. But it's such a screaming deal, $30 a person per month per line, you don't get the free Netflix. David is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Thanks Great. For my thank call. you. David. How you doing? You love the NFL like I do. I'm an addict. I'm a, I'm a self-admitted NFL addict. All right, so here's how you know if you really are an addict. Will you watch a bad NFL game? If I have a guy on my fantasy team playing in it, sure. <laughs> no, see, I'll, I'll, watch, um, I'll watch the lamest teams in the league and still enjoy watching it. I just love the game. I, I don't find much appeal in the college game for me, but the NFL, oh, wow. I'm the same way. I grew up in the Northeast, so it's not like down here in the South. Growing up in Connecticut, it's all about the NFL teams up there. So, so Connecticut, you could either be a uh, Patriots fan or you could be a Jets-Giants fan. <laughs> I am a New England fan, and needless to say, I enjoyed last February. <laughs> oh, you are such a mean person. <laughs> well, I was taking a lot of harassment in the first half of that game, let me tell you. Yeah, and I know 328 was a holiday in Boston this year. <laughs> 
I won't rub it in. Oh, oh, you already did. I, I hear it in your voice. Okay, so now you want me to help you after you insult me this way? Go ahead. Yes, well, I know you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to adopt your ways of cutting costs, and I want to cut the cord and get away from uh, direct TV or any type of cable service um, because I think we're overpaying for what we, we're currently paying. And, and we don't go overboard on it, but, you know, Sunday Ticket is one of my uh, indulgences. And I can't seem to find any avenue how to get NFL Sunday ticket besides DirecTV. So that's you, why all right, I, so, I searched their website and I couldn't find anything. Right, so it, here's so. the story. AT, AT&T owns the rights to it, and they also bought DirecTV. Okay. So what they've done, they're trying to boost the numbers for DirecTV. So you have to buy it as part of having DirecTV service unless... You cannot have a satellite dish where you live. So let me tell you how you deal with that. Do you have any relatives that live in a condo or apartment building? Mm, not currently. Well, actually, my parents, yeah, they live in a condo. There's your answer. So you have your parents sign up for it. Okay. And they do a address check, and if... You can't have a satellite dish at your parents' address, then bam, you're in, and they, you set up the account uh, for your parents, pay them for it, and then and they your parents actually have to pay it because the credit card has to be tied into the address where your sure. parents live, and then you'll be able to stream all of NFL Sunday Ticket as you wish. Okay. Now, I'll the other thing you should do is you should find a kid and put them through college because if somebody has an edu email address then they pay i think it's they they pay one third of what a normal earthling pays for the streaming nfl sunday ticket oh well my i have a freshman at georgia southern so i can make that happen so now you're going to pay um a hundred dollars for the whole season having your college freshman sign up for it okay my wife will be happy about that yeah so that's a deal right right if uh, so that's the only way if i can find somebody that has an address yeah but I you just did i mean your son will have a uh, at his college will have an edu okay and that's the key trigger to being able to sign up at the college student rate and uh, you and he will be able to share the NFL Sunday ticket for a hundred bucks for the remainder of the season. All right, that's a great deal, actually. Oh, it's better than a great deal. It's an extraordinary deal to get the NFL that cheap. So I have to wait till my teenager goes to college next year, and then that's how I'm going to get it so cheaply. It's time for Ask Clark and Joel. This is a special edition of Ask Clark. Yeah, Clark, we've had a lot of uh, listeners and readers write in on our Facebook page and to our Ask Clark forum at clark.com slash ask, and they're wondering why you recommend Credit Karma when they get an F with the Better Business Bureau. All right, here's one from a listener named uh, Rick that says, how can you promote Credit Karma with an F rating from the BBB? You claim not to take sponsorship or money from advertisers on your radio show. So why would you advise us to use Credit Karma with such a bad rating since you always advise not to use home or auto insurance companies with a bad rating? 
And that's just one of several like that. And then there's one in response from Robert. I've been using Credit Karma for over two years. I check my credit every week, and I think it's great. I started using it because of Clark Howard, and as I said, I'm very happy with the service. And, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like these political message boards now where people are firing at each other with the messages. So the point is very well taken. Oh, back to the original one. Does Credit Karma advertise on our website or the show? I don't think so. I, I don't even know stuff like that. And by the way, I don't. Ta- I am unbought and unbossed. I take money from nobody, and it's just how I do things. So I have said that you should set up a Credit Karma dashboard, and there are others as well. There's Credit Sesame. Uh, is Quizzle still around? Quizzle. There are, there are a number of these where you can set up where you can monitor your credit for free. I just like the dashboard of Credit Karma. A lot of the complaints, apparently, with the Better Business Bureau about Credit Karma tax, their new tax service, and uh, I guess there must have been some problems with that where they were offering free tax filing, and I don't know if Credit Karma is doing a bad job responding to the Better Business Bureau, and we're going to ask them what the deal is if they're not executing like they should with responding to complaints properly, because that's how you end up with an F with the Better Business Bureau. I still stand by believing in the midst of this Equifax breach that Credit Karma is step one before you freeze your credit files. So for free, you'll be able to monitor your credit with two of the three major credit bureaus. Remember, it is for free. They'll alert you when somebody's snooping around your credit. You will get their version of a credit score. By the way, on the Better Business Bureau site, there are lots of people complaining that the Credit Karma score is that they're getting from the two bureaus is lower than what they're seeing from actual FICO scores. And then other people are saying that the scores are FICOs because they're much higher than the FICO scores from the real credit bureaus. So people take their credit score and standing very seriously. But I will tell you, you need to really protect yourself on this incredibly bad Equifax breach And that's why I stand by the steps I've recommended at Clark.com. Check out what I'd like you to do to protect yourself from Equifax. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet and they're on a variety of consumer items check out clarkdeals.com 